0: this ministry. This is made possible by other people's generosity and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. He's saying, uh, I want you to treat people the way I Treat you. If we don't love each other well, man, it does not matter. Love is not for the weak at heart. No. Love is for the brave, yo. Well, hey, guys. Good morning. How we doing? How we doing? Feeling good? Energy's hot. I love high energy. I love it. Well, hey, guys, I want to start with a question this morning. I want to start with a question. Have you ever pursued something? Have you ever set your sights on something and thought, man, if I had that thing, then my life would finally be complete? Anybody? That thing for me at a 10 to 10 years old was a Shakira album. I was riding in the car with my mom, and Shakira Hips Don't Lie came on the radio, and my life was changed forever. And I was like, Mom, I need to own this CD. And for those of you who are young in the room, a CD, they were beautiful pieces of technology. They were these silver discs, right? They contained literal tracks inside of them. You put them in a CD player, wow, you know, boom. I was like, Mom, I need to to own this CD. She goes, Son, come on. You know, maybe not. And my, my formal request for my, an advancement of my pocket money was immediately denied. But I'll tell you this, my parents, they always gave me an opportunity, always. So my mom goes to me, Sam, you can cut the grass for five English pounds. If you hadn't worked out yet and you don't know, I am from the country. They call England. Um, and we use these things called pounds. So um, my mom was like, you can cut the grass to earn five English pounds. So, awesome. Get the, get the mar out. I'm, I'm cutting the grass. Every blade of grass I'm hearing, ooh, baby, when you talk like that, <laughs> is, is there. It inspired me. It motivated me. And I kept cutting. And whoo, those lines, they were getting straighter and straighter. And I would keep going. i keep going. And by the end of it, I had my five English pounds, people. I had five English pounds. So I went down to Woolworths in Bishop's Thoughtford Town Center. A sentence none of you have ever heard before. And I went in there to purchase Shakira's hit album, Fixation. Shakira's hit album, Fixation. To my shock and horror, when I got there, I realized Shakira's hit album, Fixation, was not five English pounds, but ten English pounds. Oh my gosh. Return home, devastated. Mom, I need another opportunity. I need another opportunity. She goes, Sam, you can clean the car. Yes, yes. So I've got the car, I've got my sponge, suds are everywhere. You know, I'm cleaning, I'm wiping. And all I hear is, you want to make, make a man speak Spanish? And I'm just, I'm going, I'm going. It inspires me, it motivates me. And by the end of this, how much money do I have? Yeah. 10 English pounds, people, 10 English pounds. And I head down to Woolworths and I buy Shakira's hit album, Fixation. And let me tell you, it was awesome. And I played it. And in my room, CD player booming as loud as that 20-pound CD player would go. It would, whoo, it would go. But hey, I don't know what your thing is. I don't know what your thing is. But I guess, have you ever bought something and it made you feel a certain way? Yeah? Maybe, um, Maybe you bought a house. Maybe you got engaged, right? Maybe you got into a relationship. I don't know. But that feeling we can get from pursuing stuff and getting stuff, sometimes I think we can find in the wrong things. See, so often we try and fulfill something internally with the pursuit of external stuff. And what I want to talk to you today about is something that's actually pursuing you and actually wants to help shift this thing in our lives, which causes us to change our external surroundings to fix the way we feel inside. So I'm going to read a story today about Hosea and Gomer. Has anybody heard of the story Hosea and Gomer before? Okay, awesome. So the story of Hosea and Gomer is set in ancient Israel. Ancient Israel in the Northern Kingdom. Okay, and everyone say Northern Kingdom. Awesome. You guys were alive. Phenomenal. Um, in the Northern Kingdom of Israel. And at that time, Israel was in complete chaos. Complete chaos. There was a, a king called Jeroboam, and they had he had led Israel away from um, worshiping Yahweh, and they were once again worshiping idols. Right? Crime was at a high. The, the The country was in complete anarchy. And our story zooms in on a man by the name of Hosea. Everyone say Hosea. Now, Hosea was a prophet in the ancient world. So. Being a prophet in the ancient world comes with a certain amount of stipulations. Being a prophet in the ancient world would really mean your life was not like the regular person walking the street. Your life had divine calling and divine destiny. And your life was really marked with an ability to interact between God and humanity. So prophets in the Old Testament, they would literally carry the messages for the whole of the nations and the whole of the cities. And they'd be God's chosen people, God's chosen people. So what we know about Hosea is Hosea actually carried a certain amount of notoriety and holiness. So we're going to jump in with Hosea chapter 1 verse 2. This was the Lord's first message to Hosea. The Lord said, go marry a prostitute who has had children as a result of her prostitution. Do this because the people in this country have acted like prostitutes. They've been unfaithful to the Lord, so he married Goma. Can you imagine the emotion of Hosea in this moment? I mean, you probably can't believe what he's hearing. He's like, God, I thought I, was your, thought I was your chosen guy. I thought I was the holy guy for this nation. I thought I was your individual to interact between the divine and humanity. I could only imagine he was like, what about Elaine from the tribe of Dan? She's kind of hot. I kind of like her. What about this person over here? But God goes, no, this is the woman for you. A woman who sadly, through the complexities of her actions, had found herself really in a a spot where she is rejected by society. She's found herself in illicit practices that really mean she is detached from any kind of real connection with the city and, and the society as a whole. But Hosea's got a word. So Hosea goes... To find Gomer, and we don't know exactly what happens. I don't know if he rolls down there and like, "What's up, Gomer? You know, I'm Hosea. You want to be my wife?" I don't know. You know, that's that's up to you. You can you can put those things together in your mind. But what we do know is, Gomer and Hosea they get married and they, they head home and they have three kids, Free kids by the names of Jezreel, Loruma, and Lourame. I don't have kids. But one thing I do know is one kid takes at least nine months, right? Good start. So what we know is there's a, a certain amount of years go by, right? A certain amount of years go by. Several years, they're living there. They're doing their thing. They're living their best life. And then one morning, Hosea wakes up and she's gone. Goma's gone. She, she can't be found. Maybe she never felt good enough for what God had called her to. Maybe the hooks of her previous life were just so strong that pulled her out of where God had placed her. But we know is she left. I'm going to pick the story back up again. Hosea chapter 3. Then the Lord said to me again, Gomer has many lovers, but you must continue loving her. Do this because it is an example of the Lord's love for Israel and how he continues to love them. Let's read that again. You guys help me out this time. Then the Lord said to Gomer, and the Lord said to me again, Gomer has many lovers, but you must continue loving her. Everyone say continue loving her. Do this because it is an example of the Lord's love for Israel and how he continues to love them. And this is where the story really takes another level. Because God goes to Hosea, even though she left, even though no doubt she hurt you and she left you feeling embarrassed and I don't know what, God goes to her, God goes to to Hosea, go after her again. Even though she's run off into the darkness, go and find your wife. And Hosea stumbles around the ancient world and what does he find? But he finds his wife standing on the stalls of humanity about to be sold. Stumbles on her, find her up for sale to the highest bidder. I'm gonna pick up the story again. So I bought Goma back for six ounces of silver and nine bushels of barley. Then I told her, You must stay at home with me for many days. You will not be like a prostitute. You will not have sexual relations with another man. I will be your husband. Everyone say, I will be your husband. I just think this is crazy, right? Because Hosea is searching and stumbling and he finds his wife. And I can only imagine, has anyone been to a bidding situation before? Like an auction. Someone's $5. Hosea runs in $10. Someone's $500. Hosea's $1,000. $5,000. $10,000. See, Hosea might well buy Goma back with with the instrument of money, but what he buys her back with truly is love and the calling of God to pursue his wife with all the love that rests inside of him. And you know what's crazy? Just as a side note, that Goma goes from being a free woman to a slave. Again, we don't know exactly what happens, but one thing we do know is Gama goes from being a free woman to a slave. And I think so often, the pursuit of pleasure actually leaves us enslaved, not free. See, I love sport. I love it. If you hang out with me, I love it. I love to talk about it. I love a Premier League football team, or as you guys call soccer, um, <laughs> called, called Arsenal, Right. And let me tell you, man, we had some dark years. We had some dark years. Anybody heard of Arsenal? Yeah. Okay, nice. Okay, I've got some friends in the house. I love that. Um, we, we had some dark years, man. Let me tell you. There'd be times where I'd turn off the matches halfway through and it's just, it's all over. You know, I'm crying. It's what it is. But here's the thing, right? We all know, we all know people who like like something and you're passionate about something, and that's that. And there's people who go over here, and it's like, bro, you like that thing, like, a little bit too much. Like, it's kind of, like, took over your life, right? Like, it's completely took over your life. And then further on from there, you actually begin to lose the things you value and love because of that thing. I don't know what that thing is, and I don't know what that thing is for you. But what I do know is in this walk of life, there are things that try to enslave us. There truly are things that try to put us in shackles. But the beauty of what we're talking about here today and the the beauty of the pursuit is the ingredients of love actually carry the power to not just be a nice idea, but to actually transform our lives. Because see, I'm Goma. You're Goma. We don't feel worthy of God's pursuit of us so often. And life happens and coping mechanisms happen and we don't feel enough. And we run from God, sometimes daily, into the arms of what can even just fix the feeling of not feeling enough inside or just fix the stuff we feel inside. See, the power of the story of Hosea and Gomer and the calling of Hosea and Gomer is to not do what Hosea did. Please don't, please don't do what Hosea did. Don't follow his, what he was saying. The purpose of this story and why it's been retold and retold for generations and generations is it actually represents God's loving pursuit of us. It represents how so often we get entrapped by things and snared by things and we run off and we don't feel worthy of really belonging with God and living in the house of God. And we run to other things just to try and change the way we feel and stop the hurting we feel inside. See, the pursuit of pleasure leaves us wanting, but the value of God's love leaves us worthy. Man, when I was 14, I decided God was not for me. Decided God was not for me. And I did everything I could to try and shake him off my tail. And I ran away from the house of God into the darkness, pursuing things that I thought were finally going to make me feel good about myself. And I spent years filling myself with external things getting as high as I could, doing this and that, and truly just trying to find a way to feel good about myself. Running after social notoriety, running after popularity, thinking that would heal my soul. And at 18 years old, I was in a mess, surrounded by the pain of my decisions, surrounded by the darkness of my decisions, just unable to see a way out. And I found myself in a really tragi- tragic accident that I survived, but if I'm being honest, I really didn't want to. Has anyone ever been there? I laid there in a hospital bed, clutching my dad's hand, just uncontrollably crying. Few days went by, and somehow I plucked up the courage to enter a worship service nearby where I lived. And I thought I'd run so far away from God that He would never want me. I thought I'd consume myself with so much darkness that He would never want me. And I walked into that service and I began to experience a God. And a love that I could only dream was real. A God and a love that truly transformed my being. And truly what happened in that moment was God's love moved from being just a nice idea to something that truly carried the ingredients to transform my life. And it shifted something so dramatic in my life. But it took everything inside of me to continue to find that narrative day after day. And let me tell you, therapy is a beautiful thing. And I think so often we can look to have our lives changed in a moment and for things just to happen in a moment and change everything. But so often... It's a daily journey of leaning into the truth of what God says about us and the truth of God's love and the power it has to transform our lives. See, our days where we wake up, right, and that narrative is hard to find. That narrative of love, that narrative of joy, that narrative of beauty, Speaking about who we are is difficult to find. But the power is knowing past those feelings, past those thoughts, past those feelings of being unworthy, past the thing of wanting to change the way we feel. There is a God who loves us and will pursue us again and again and again. See, Psalm 139 says this. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you are still with me. When I awake each morning, you are still with me. So I'm going to have some beautiful assistants come out right about now. And they are going to do something incredible. Let's give them a round of applause as they come out. (laughs) Phenomenal work, guys. Phenomenal work. go. Wow. With complete accuracy, I must say, besides besides a little bit. Good job, gents. Let's give him a round of applause. Give a round of applause. Any, <laughs> Any guess of how many grains of sand are inside of this bucket? Brilliant. Trillion. It's a great guess, man. It's a great guess, Ryan. But incorrect. Anybody else? Ten, 10 million. 10 million. Do you know the odds of you coming into existence? 400 quadrillion to one. 400 quadrillion to one. Of you being born with your personality, with your smile, the way God made you. So to put that in perspective, that is 40 trillion of these buckets of sand. So that's a number that our minds really can't even fathom. That's honestly so many zeros that if I tried to write up on here, it would take me a long time. And nobody wants to see that. So... The craziness is 40 trillion of these buckets of sand would represent 400 quadrillion. That is more sand than we could ever, ever begin to fit on this planet. That is God's intense love for you. Because let me tell you right now, your life is a miracle. The fact you are living and breathing right here, right now is nothing short of a miracle. And what God did was he put his hand into the sand and he pulled you out. And he said, this is my son. This is my daughter with whom I am well pleased See, the obsession of God with you is so mind-boggling that it would take the rest of our lives just to begin to work it out. It's gonna take the rest of eternity to even begin to understand His pursuit for us, His love for us. And I'm wondering today, if God actually wants to take you from His love being just a nice idea to something that truly has the ingredients to transform your life. And so often it's a daily decision. It can happen in moments, but so often it's a daily decision of choosing that past what we feel and past what we think, and past what the narratives that exist in our minds, the thoughts we have about ourselves, the feelings of not being enough, that in fact there is a God who pulled us out of the 400 quadrillion. There is a God whose love will pursue us into the darkness, day after day after day. And a few moments here, we're going to put Tyler down into the water. And the beauty of what're happening is, is happening in that moment is actually a prophetic act. right It's a symbolic act that as Tyler goes down into the water, he's coming up just in pure beauty and connection to God. And I'm wondering for you today that God might even just baptize you again inside of your heart. And it might be a moment for you once again to say, hey, God, I'm choosing you. The narrative of love that you have about me, I want that to transform my life. I want it to be more than just a nice idea. I want it to actually, I want to take the ingredients that it has to truly transform my life. You guys stand me whilst I pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here in this room today. And I thank you, God, that your love pursues us again and again and again. And God, I pray over each and every person here that we will begin to receive your love. That we'll begin to receive your love to the depth that you design it to be, where that it contains the ingredients to actually transform our entire beings. Holy Spirit, even now, just fill us. feel those things even now, just as we're just standing in this place with the Lord, that He's just going to remind you of, and He's going to be like, that is not what I think about you, and not what you need to think about you anymore. And some others of you, He's reminding you of that thing that you're pursuing and you're obsessed with is going, allow my love to pursue you. Allow my love to transform you. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.